My name is Gabe Perganon, and this is a Dabbler Effect podcast. A podcast where we find out why people are passionate about the things that they're passionate about. My guest today is Ali Scala, a senior at Stony Brook University, majoring in health science with a minor in English. Ali and I met when we were both members of the Philippine United Student Organization, or PUSO, during our undergrad career. Ali talks about finding out about her cultural roots for the first time, how she manages to balance her STEM major with the arts, and how discovering K-pop was a gateway into learning new forms of dancing. Welcome back to another episode of the Dabbler Effect podcast. I'm here with Ali Scala, who uh, is my friend from Stony Brook University. Um, you're a health science major, if I'm correct. Uh, yeah, I believe, yeah. I believe you're graduating. You, is this your last semester at Stony Brook? Yeah, I'll actually be graduating in like two weeks. Right, right. So you're a health science major and um, apparently you also have a minor in English. Yes, which is which is pretty cool. So we can talk uh, about that later as well. Um, but before we before we get there, uh, how how have you been? How was like especially with the you know COVID nineteen pandemic going on? How how is how has it affected your like day to day life? Especially I guess with with school and how that's affecting your uh, your last semester. Yeah, for sure. It's been a really weird time, especially with like the transition with like in person to online learning it's been really difficult to like get a hold of like all of the different options that we have for online learning. And I know that it's been a struggle for like professors also to like kind of get a grasp on all that like new technology and new programs. Um, but I mean, it's been pretty okay otherwise, other than that, like outside of school, um, there have been a lot of people who have come out with like resources for like hobbies and stuff like dance workshops and um, like online podcasts like this one that right, like provide right. like, you know, mental stimulation instead of like everyone just sitting around and not knowing what to do. So it's been pretty good. Are you getting used to it already? Like with like, like being on Zoom and, and, you know, just being at home, like basically everything being virtual now, like are you getting used to getting used to that? Yeah, for sure. So like my major in, um, Stony Brook is health science with a concentration in medical informatics. So a lot of the stuff that we've been doing in class has been online anyway, just to get used to like all the different programs that I might be using like in the workforce. So it's been actually a really cool transition for me because it kind of exposed me to even more options that I didn't know was possible, like even outside of the classroom. And it gives me more time also to kind of expose myself to new like coding languages and new like coding opportunities. So that's been really like awesome. That's interesting with with how like the coding opportunities because you know like as you know I'm a computer science major so what what kind of do you, do you know any sort of like coding technologies like what have you tried like recently with uh with like I, I guess when it pertains to your major like which which ones uh do you use currently? Yeah, so the thing that we've been learning the most in class is like how to use like SQL in like Microsoft Access. Um, but I was looking on like online forms and for like the career opportunities and like what I would need to know for the workforce. And mm. everyone was like, oh my God, you should learn how to do like Python and like Java and like HTML. Um, just like even the basics, just to like get a leg up um, in the, like when I'm trying to find a job. So I've been yeah. trying to like find new resources. I ordered a book online for how to, <laughs> how to start <laughs> learning HTML. And like there have been a lot of um, apps on like my phone that I've been researching to kind of help me practice. So like, cause my laptop is not the best laptop. So it like, right. it slows down like really easily when I try to download things. So trying to practice on my phone has given me like more access to like practice what I've been trying to learn. So it's been- I think that's really interesting. Time. I think that's really interesting. Um, let, let's talk about that actually. How how is technology being used in your major, like uh, with health science? Like, wh what kind of applications, you know, like like how do you apply technology to your major, basically, and your career? Yeah. So we've been doing a lot of research in my major and like in my concentration with like informatics on like patient portals and like mobile health apps. 
um, and like how the new like COVID the COVID nineteen like pandemic has kind of opened up this new like world of problems with like interoperability yeah. with programs and like I don't know how to describe it, but like hospital programs, hospital record programs, and how like they're not operable in like hmm <laughs> yeah, yeah i get what you're saying like especially yeah. with like hospitals nowadays like I'll, i mean we're in like a digital age now so like you know i guess you know everything is moving towards something digital especially hospitals like you said yeah. with like with like hospital records like um i i know the like hospitals use you know more and more advanced technology in order to keep track of these things so you know that's yeah. those are like really cool like applications i guess of technology yeah um yeah. When did you decide to major in health science? Was this like from way back, like high school? Did you know you wanted to major in health science, or did you like something else? Like, how how did that come to be? How when did you decide to to pursue well, a major in health science? Originally, I came into Stony Brook actually wanting to be an engineering major. Like mm. in high school, that was the thing that I like really pursued. I took all of my like required physics classes, all of like the calculus classes. But then when I got to Stony Brook, I ended up choosing to be a bio major. And then it kind of switched around a lot after that. So like after I went through like Gen Chem and like I had I realized that it was not really something that I could see myself doing for the rest of my life. So I switched to health science. Uh, at Stony Brook because it kind of gave me more options. It was more general than bio. It gave me more options in terms of like what I could do after college. And it the different concentrations that Stony Brook provides kind of gave me more exposure to all of the different fields that I didn't even know about in health science. So from there, I actually wanted to pursue nursing. And then I was like, this definitely isn't the field for me either because mm -hmm. I'm just one of those people who like, I get like weird at the sight of blood. <laughs> like I get like really yeah. like, I'm really bad with like clinical stuff. Like I always feel so bad, like seeing people hurt, you know, I'm like too, too empathetic. So yeah. I was like, I, I don't think I have like the stomach to be like a nurse, like in the field, like trying to do all that. So I was trying to research different like branches of the health science field that kind of moves kind of like behind the scenes. And then I, that's when I discovered health informatics and like the surge of health information systems that kind of need to be up and coming in order for like increased access for vulnerable populations and like interoperability between hospitals and hospital systems and even interoperability between the government and like the different health systems across the country. So. So go. your so your concentration is health informatics. That's that's the name of name of your concentration, if yeah. I'm correct. Um, so do you, I'm I'm assuming you're enjoying it now because I mean you're pursuing it already and um, yeah yeah. I feel like you know it's something that you're really enjoying. Um, let's talk about that more specifically. Like what what are things that you enjoy about that? What's what's your favorite thing about uh, that concentration in particular? So I've always kind of had this like fascination with like the way that computers work, even though like I haven't really gone into like the hardware and like really hardcore software like systems that go along with the way that computers work. It's kind of always been like at the back of my mind, like, oh, like one day I kind of want to know more about this and how it works because technology is like always growing. It's like always there's always new technology coming out. So it's so beneficial for people who are entering the workforce like relatively soon to always like kind of know a general gist of how technology works so that when you're applying to jobs and like when you're trying to get out into the workforce, you kind of already have a bunch of tools like in your tool belt and like on feathers in your hat, I guess you could say, like yeah. so that you can just be more flexible. Like I think like flexibility is definitely one of the things that employers like the most. And I just think that technology like and the constant like changing motion of like the wave of technology that we're in right now is such a good place for that, you know? Yeah, in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, that's why I majored in computer science as well because of this, like you said, like everything's, you know, progressing and, and the constant like change in like technology and how it keeps advancing. And yeah, like you said, sure. it's, 
it's a great like skill to have like a, like every single like job will need some sort of technology skill you yeah. know what i mean so you know that's that's also why i majored in computer science and you know i'm glad that you're applying a lot of these technologies to your major in particular um yeah i mean like even like doctors and like pas like even though their like professions are mostly clinical they still have like a really big like information system like need for that information because like they're not always going to have like technicians to input that information for them like especially in like small clinics and just mm. like small like specialized facilities so it's important for even like higher level professions that don't really focus on technology to have some kind of general knowledge of it is is that where you see yourself like uh like post college like do you see yourself working in one of these places or do you have like other like uh, goals i guess in mind I'm trying to kind of keep an open mind about what I'm going to do. I'm apply I actually got accepted into the Stony Brooks Applied Health Informatics Master's program. Congratulations. So, thank you. Um I'll be graduating in December of 2021 and after that, I kind of want to just keep my options open, you know, because there's so many different aspects of the health informatics field that still hasn't reached like widespread use. So I want to be able to gather as much knowledge as I can before I like really decide on what field or what like setting I really want to be in. You feel? And and what's why the minor in English? Like is it because uh this is another one of your interests or does it like integrate well into your major in health science? I think that English like knowing how to write is such an important skill to have. Yeah, I agree. And it's like I've always had a really like heavy interest in literature. Like I grew up reading a lot. Like my dad always encouraged reading and like he's actually a computer programmer. Like that's his profession. So mm-hmm. he was a really big influence on me on like how I grew up and like how the uh the habits that I picked up. And like we didn't have cable growing up. So one of the things that really kept me entertained was like reading and like trying to like get my imagination going. So when I got to Stony Brook, I was like I need to kind of balance out this like technology, math, STEM side of me with like a more creative, more like artsy part of me as well. So that's why I chose the minor in English and I absolutely love it. It's great. <laughs> Highly recommend. Yeah. So, yeah. That's that's interesting because Uh, we we talked a few days ago, and you mentioned the balance between, and you just mentioned it now, the balance between like STEM and the arts. How are you? How are you balancing that? Like, especially with a STEM major, which is, you know, very like rigorous, and you know, there's a lot of requirements that you need to to do. But how do you balance that? Your your minor in English, which which you have a you know a big interest on. I did a lot of extracurriculars, like as you know. Um, in Puso, yeah. the Philippine United Student Organization at Stony Brook, um, with like dance and like I was exposed to a lot of like different art forms, like songwriting and singing and playwriting and things like that. And it really helped me try to just well become a more well-rounded person, you know, which mm. I think is also really important because there are a lot of themes in art that is. That applies to things in like the STEM field, also. You know, like in music, like music theory, a lot of it is like based and centered around like math principles as well. So, it it's like even though arts and like STEM things are often like kind of viewed as opposites, they have a lot of things in common and a lot of relationships that you could make between the two that. I think also helps people just think outside the box, and like be and like bring new ideas to the table in like both sides. Yeah, yeah. You you mentioned being a well-rounded person, and you know I agree because you know being with be, doing all of these extracurricular you know activities, like you said at Puso, which which is where we met actually. I I met I met you when I transferred. I was a junior. Yeah. I, I went. I transferred as a junior, and then I met you at Puso, and I think you're on eboard. During yeah. that semester, and that's specifically how I met you because uh, you were cultural head. Yep. 
Yep. Right. So, mm-hmm. so to to the people listening, um, our organization is you know the Philippine United, United Student Organization. Uh, you know the the organization is based around like Filipino culture and uh, you know spreading word about that. And you were cultural head for that semester, where you you know you were able to teach like re- like traditional Filipino dances like tinikling uh, and stuff like that. Like, yeah. can you talk more about that? Like, how was that experience like? Um, let's let's start with the cultural aspect first, and then we'll we'll talk about like the eboard experience uh, afterwards. Yeah, sure. So um, I am half Italian and half Filipino. Um, so I didn't really have like a very like cultural upbringing. Um, mm. It was very like my whole childhood was more focused around like my schoolwork and like my future, you know, finding things that I was interested in. Um, so I never really dabbled in my cultural, like, side of myself, like, whether it be my Filipino culture or Italian culture, um, and it wasn't until I was exposed to Puso, um, my freshman year of college, that I really started to find out, like, what a rich history and what a rich culture that I have, and so that really, like, took hold of me, and I was, like, wow, like, this is really cool. Like, I'm, this is a whole new side of me that I didn't even know about. So when I decided to run for cultural head, I never really knew just how much the position would help me grow, like, just as a person, you know, with, like, the leadership qualities, the public speaking, um, being more social, things like that. Like, it was just a really good growing experience for me, like, learning about my culture. So, yeah. yeah. And definitely, like, the bond between, like, the different people in that organization helped a lot because you know it was a like a really great like bonding opportunity like to meet new people and and to meet people with like the same background or or sometimes like sometimes not even the same background but just like really cool people just just yeah. like to hang around with um well, that was your first eboard opportunity right was that your first eboard yeah that was my first and last actually eboard opportunity oh yeah yeah when when did when did you like uh decide like okay like I want to be part of the executive board like I want to you know have a leadership position like was it uh, other people who were like influencing you to to run for that or was that like your conscious decision to be like okay I want to grow as a person I want to you know have a leadership position within this club Yeah well at first I didn't want to do it like at all because I was like oh my god like that's not really who I am like I'm not really a leader that much and like I can't really, like, I can't see myself talking to people like that and teaching people like that. But then I had a talk with my predecessor, uh, Jennifer Celebrados, and um, I realized, like, college is the time to really, like, try to find out the things that you don't already know, like, to grow. So I was like, if I don't take this opportunity, I'm going to regret it so much because I know just how much, like, eboard and, like, all of those things that I mentioned before, like, will help me in the future. Like, it's all all of the skills that I learned on eboard. I am like one hundred percent, I one hundred percent credit eboard for teaching me those things that I know is going to help me in the future. So, right. it was a journey, but we're here. <laughs> yeah, with all all new lessons learned, like you know, like compared to you know before, and and like if you compare yourself to who you are now, like definitely, like you, I feel like. You know, if you if you held a position like that, then you've definitely like grown as a person. So, you know, props to you for for doing that. That's 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 a really cool thing to do. So thanks, man. Um, and like with with cultural in particular, like, w- did you know any like folk dances, like Filipino folk dances beforehand, or was this like your first exposure? Like, you had to like look online, like what is this dance and stuff like that. Yeah. How was that? It was pretty crazy for me like it was a pretty steep learning curve that I had to live up to which made me super nervous because like as I said before like I didn't really have like a cultural upbringing especially in like Filipino dances and things like that I was never really involved in that at all so the summer after I got elected because like our election season is at the end of the spring semester and then I wouldn't start cultural head until the fall um the summer in between I actually spent most of that time researching all the different aspects, like trying to find out as much as I could about the culture, like all the different festivals. I even made like a Google Doc 
for like listing out all of the dances that I could find and like the meanings of them and like what equipment I would need to use because I was like cultural head is not like just about like the choreo and stuff it's also trying to be like you're the cultural expert in the club as well so I was like I don't want people to come up to me and be like hey I was wondering like what this is and then I wouldn't know like that was mm. one of the things that I didn't want to happen. So I tried to educate myself and do as much research as I possibly could to try to like make sure that I didn't seem like completely out of place in this position. You know what, what I mean? What are yeah? What are some notable things that you learned? Like what what are like especially culturally? What are some like re- things that you didn't know before that really stood out for you? Hmm, that's a good like, question. I guess like. Even with like dan- like anything from like dan- the dances itself or you know, cultural specific stuff, like what, do you, do you have any any like notable like I guess like things that you've read online, uh, things yeah. that you've put on your like your docs that you, like you said? Yeah, I mean, I guess one of the things that really stood out to me that I didn't know before was just how like diverse the Philippines is. Like there are so many different like cultures within the culture you know what i mean like the different regions of the philippines like they all have different dances they all have different food they all have different festivals based on like their history like each Mm -hmm. region has like their own unique history which i never really like pictured or like realized before you know so that was Uh, really cool yeah i get you because like um, you know, you grew up. You grew up here in the U.S., right? So yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to like get exposure when you know when it's like that. Um, because I feel I feel like there's like a certain like you know there's a certain like mindset when when you're away from the country. Like you know you you just think about like the food. Like you think about like lumpia or something. Like you know the yeah, food. Yeah. You know these like particular things. But like you said, it's actually very diverse. Like from region to region. Yeah. It's like different things. Like if like in Mindanao, which, you know, I know one event Puso had was collaborating with a Kinding, Kinding yeah, Sindao or thing. Yeah. They're, which is, they're like from Mindanao and they they teach like a spe- very specific dance. I'm not sure. I don't remember what the actual name of that dance was, but it's a perfect example of like, okay, like, okay, yeah, that's, that's not usually what you see or yeah. what you know when you're outside the Philippines. So yeah, that's, that's really cool. And like you said, like being culture head, you know, you were able to learn a lot of things about the culture and you know, I feel like that's that's a part of the the position as well. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But and aside from being culture head, you're you're very active in Puso. Like, you know, not only, you know, because you're an e-board, you, you don't only handle like cultural stuff, but you also interact with like the different the other dance teams, you know, because we have three dance teams, cultural, we have ballroom and modern, which you were pretty much all involved in and and hopefully we can talk about that. Yeah, um, for sure. Let's start with ballroom because um, you were, you know, our mutual friend Francis. Yeah. Who was ballroom head during uh-huh. that uh, semester? You were sort of like his co co head, pretty much like co ballroom head. Yeah. So, so yeah, me and Francis choreographed a lot together. Um, it originally wasn't supposed to be like that, um, but it's really difficult to choreograph ballroom by yourself because you kind of need that partner to like Mm -hmm. figure out all the moves and stuff like that. So me and Francis actually became really close friends uh, while we were on eBoard because he would help me out with cultural and like I would help him out with ballroom. And it was a really cool time trying to just like be a part of both of those teams because each team, like the cultural team and the ballroom team, both had like their own unique dynamics. And it was just really cool to see people like go and like be a part of both of those teams. You know what I mean? Yeah, in 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 a way, there's while there's a lot of similarities between the two, like like you said, there's it's actually like there's a lot of differences as well. Like there's different dynamic, like you said, especially with ballroom. And um, uh, did you have like a a big hand to, in, in terms of like choreographing? I know you like choreographed like a bunch of dances during uh, that that whole semester where uh, you were like just co ballroom head. Like how was how was like the you know creating choreos for like the ballroom dances. I have to say it was pretty difficult because I have like no background in ballroom at all. Um, 
So I also had to, I basically had to research like while I was helping Francis also. Um, and I also leaned on Francis a lot for like ballroom help um, because I just didn't know like the, the moves, like the history and stuff like that. The only kind of quote unquote ballroom experience that I had were like couple dances, like couple yeah. cult cultural dances. Like uh, the Cariñosa yeah. is one of mm -hmm. them. And like there are a bunch of other couple cultural dances as well. But that was the only thing I really had any history with. So mm -hmm. it was a learning process. But in the end, I think like by the end of the year, I was pretty well versed in like the basics of ballroom. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have yeah. to say like that, that semester when, because I was part of the ballroom team that semester, I have to say that semester was really like one of like the best times of my life. Like I really enjoyed like just like hanging around with you guys and like learning from you guys. It was such a really cool experience. Thanks, and man. It's probably like that. the highlight. Yeah, no, I I'm not kidding. That's actually like probably like the highlight of my college career. Like entirety of my college career was that whole semester. And you know, I have you to thank, especially um, oh, yeah. for that experience. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, because I've always enjoyed forum. Actually, I uh, when I lived in the Philippines before before moving here, I did some ballroom for it was like a class that we had in my old college in the Philippines and. We had to do ballroom for like a semester, and I enjoyed it back then. And I didn't do I didn't do any ballroom until that semester, which is like three years later or something like that. So you know, it was yeah. it was it was cool to go back to that and to be exposed to that again. Um, so to round out like your your dance experience with Puso in particular, you you were also part of Modern, which yeah. which I you know you were part of I believe the fall. 2019 roster i'm not sure if, if you're part of the other roster i think you were a trainee or something so but we can talk about that as well yeah. but that's in general for now in general like how was like the puso modern experience like like that whole experience like in general yeah so i was part of the fall 2018 roster and then as a trainee and then mm -hmm. the fall 2019 roster where we actually won first pre first place at prelude ec um, mm -hmm. which was a, an amazing, amazing experience. Um, shout out to Miguel Ruiz and Caroline Kim um, for like really kind of putting that as their brainchild. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it was really different joining Modern because I was really into like, I was not trained in like hip hop or like urban style dancing at all, like mm -hmm. for my whole life. Um, when I was growing up, the only kind of dancing that I did was tap dancing, ballet, contemporary, things like that, like very mm. classical styles. And it wasn't mm -hmm. really until I joined Puso that I was kind of exposed to like that hip hop urban dance scene. And it, it's mm -hmm. so different than all like the other, like the classical styles, like just the movements itself are just, they require more, like, not more, but just different ways of moving, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah, and just the way that a competitive team is run, like Puso Modern, is just very different than like a cultural team or the ballroom team like in Puso, which they don't compete. It's like mostly just a showcasing team, like a leisurely, like just for fun team. Um, mm -hmm. It was so different. <laughs> but I have to yeah. say, I my dance ability really grew with modern because they really pushed me so hard to like try to become a better dancer to like focus on things like fundamentals that i missed growing up like not like not growing up in a hip-hop slash urban dance scene you know what i mm -hmm. mean yeah i feel like you really enjoyed it and I, I i see like the bond that you guys like always form like for the, with each roster and like the whole entire like family <laughs> i feel like that bond is like really strong and you know, I feel like that's like a big aspect of being part of, of modern, that yeah. whole like bond between members. Yeah, that's definitely something special about modern that like, I mean, not that I've been on like many other teams or anything, yeah. but like yeah. it's, there's something special about modern in the way that like it's a collegiate team, but we show up to competitions and we really bring that, like the drive and the concentration and like the creativity of like a company team, like the neighbors or like Outburst, you know what I mean? 
Yeah. And like, I'm not trying to like, there's definitely more involved people in the dance community that can like talk about this also. Um, but the members of, of Modern that like I've been on the team with and even like the alumni, they're just so involved in like the dance, not that, I mean, yes, the dance community also, but like trying to improve each other in addition to themselves. You know, like it's not the type of team where it's like you only focus on yourself. Like everyone is so focused on helping others grow also. And I think that's just something so special about Modern. He's very selfless. I, you yeah, know, yeah. I guess to describe that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I guess that's like a whole like, we, you talked pretty much about like your experience with Puso, like being in touch with your Filipino roots and your Fili- Filipino background. Um, and aside from Puso, did, did you have any other like extracurricular like like activities or like other organizations that you joined or just like in general, like not even organizations, but like other things that you've been involved with, you know, while, while you're, you've been studying at Stony Brook? I actually didn't really have anything else. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I was just so involved with Puso that like, and like there was just, there's just so many different aspects of Puso that you could like dive into that I never really felt the need to go to another organization to try to find like more things and the I just had such a good balance especially in like my junior and senior year when I really started to get a grasp on like that balance between like my creative side and like my like more like sciencey side I guess you could say yeah um yeah I totally lost my train of thought but there's the like you, you learn a lot of like um you learn a lot of real real world skills, even with something that seemingly, you know that seemingly different from what you're pursuing. But actually, you learn a lot of things from this like you know from this like organization in particular, where you learn a lot of real real world skills pretty much that you can apply, you know after after college you know pretty much that so yeah you know I'm glad that I'm glad that you said that because like I, I guess like it speaks to how much you've enjoyed being part of the organization that you know like it's become like a part of your life too like pretty yeah, much yeah for sure puso was definitely one of the if not the biggest part of my college career and i credit puso a lot with like the way that it helps its members grow and like all the leadership opportunities that it provides its members with all of the different events and like even like pageants and um and like Barrio, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You, you've, uh, you mentioned um, being in touch with your Filipino roots. And, you know, I, this is one of the things we talked about the other day as well is, is that you mentioned, you know, like being like, you know, being half Filipino, half Italian. Like, how was that like growing up? Like, let's talk about like your background in general. Like, like how did you grow up? Like, how was, how was growing up for you? It was, like, I never really realized, like, how weird it can be. Not weird, but, like, how different it could be. Um, Like, I never really realized that until I got to, like, college and I really surrounded myself with people, like, who were Filipino or who were Asian. Um, Because I don't look Asian at all. Like, I look very Italian. Yeah, Um, yeah. So, like, one of the things that, like, I really noticed was, like, um, a lot of the time, like, not this is not to make myself sound, like, negative or anything at all, but mm. I never really experienced a lot of the things that, like, minorities experience, like, the different t- kinds of stereotypes, you know, and things like that, because mm. I don't look particularly, like, Asian. Um, and like people who are like racist will like come up to me and be like, and they'll like say like some racist thing, um, because I don't look like I am part of a minority. Hmm. Does that make sense? (laughs) It does. No, no, it really does. I know. I get you. I get you. Yeah. And And it's like, uh, go ahead, go ahead. It's just like a really interesting experience because it's like, it kind of makes you think about like, do these people like really go up to like other like white or like caucasian people to like say these things and then Mm. it's like being a part of puso and like 
being exposed to like so many different cultures at Stony Brook, like not even just uh, Filipino culture, but also like Korean culture and like Chinese culture and like just a variation of cultures. Um, it's just like, it makes you really wonder about like how people can like think these things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a weird experience to like see both sides. Yeah, I empathize because, you know, you know, I grew up, I grew up in the Philippines. I spent pretty much my entire life there. You know, I, I, I didn't move to the U.S. till I was 17. You know, it was, that was like five years ago and I moved here in 2015. And, you know, I didn't really experience any of the, any of this when I lived in the Philippines. Cause I, you know, it's just not a thing, you know, like we're all Filipinos mm-hmm. back home. There's, you don't really get to experience these things. Like fortunately growing up, I didn't get to experience any of those, but you know, I, I felt uh, some of those when I moved here, like, um, just people like telling me, you know, uh, they, they, people haven't really told me anything mean, but you know, it's, yeah. you, you start to feel like some of the, like the stereotypes and stuff like that, that people sort of tell you when you're like a minorities and, yeah. you know, I, I experienced that for the first time here. So, you know, the, I empathize with you cause I felt, I felt those feelings, you know, when I, when I moved here, um, did, did you grew up here, right? Did, did, didn't you grew up in, did, have you always been in New York or did you like live some, somewhere else beforehand? Yeah, I was born and raised here uh, on Long Island, Nassau County. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I've been to the Philippines and like I've been to like Hong Kong and Japan. And <clears throat> it's, it's just like a weird sensation to like go to, like when I went to the Philippines, like, people would always kind of like look at me and assume that I'm like 100% like Italian because I don't I don't look like I'm Filipino like at all and it's a weird sensation to know that you are a part of this culture and to know that you are Filipino when people treat you like you're not you know what I mean Yeah. yeah it's just like a really weird sensation and it's not like like for me at least like I kind of I I like understood where they were coming from because like if you don't know who I am, like, of course, like, how are you going to know that I am part, mm-hmm. that I am half Filipino? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's just like a really weird situation. But when was, when, when did you visit? When, when was this? Like, was this like years ago, like ages ago? Oh, or God, just recent? Yeah. I visited the Philippines when I was like eight or nine years old. Oh, like, a long time ago. A real long time ago. Yeah. Eons ago. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Do you, do you remember like, um the places that you've been or is it like pretty much like vague memories like at this point we kind of just like traveled around a lot um yeah but yeah it was beautiful there though absolutely beautiful i feel like i feel like at that time it was it was better than i guess now but yeah yeah i think at the time it was it was more peaceful i guess in a way yeah it was definitely a different time in uh in the Philippines. In the country, than, yeah, yeah, yeah. Than it was now. Yeah. But did you, like, enjoy, like, that that experience? And would you, like, want to visit again, like, at some point? Like, especially when everything, like, settles down with, like, the pandemic and, and so on and so forth. And with you graduating soon, do you see yourself, like, visiting, like, I guess on your own or with friends or something or even with family? Yeah, for sure. Like, I definitely want to go back because I didn't know, like, anything about the culture when I went before. And, like, mm. now that I know so much more and, like, I know the history, um, I definitely want to go back and kind of see, like, revisit those sites that, like, my, my, my mom and my grandma took me to. And just to, like, see how I, like, look at things differently. You know what I mean? Like, knowing that, like, there's, so, there's like, a rich culture that I didn't even, like, comprehend when I was, like, eight years old. Like, yeah. I think that'd be so cool to just go back and, like, kind of just really take everything in yeah you have like a different perspective now especially learning all of these things like when you go home you like recognize different things pretty much yeah you for know sure, what i mean sure. and like the, the hospitality is a big thing like home like people will oh, always yeah. like welcome people right mm-hmm, so that's yeah. that's a really cool trait that i think you know regardless if you're filipino or not like it's really cool like yeah. if you live there like you have that sort of trait yeah um so we, we've touched on your background your life background and not only like your your you know cultural background but also your um you know your your like undergrad stuff and stuff you know and stuff like that but you you also mentioned that uh we've talked a lot about 
dance earlier, you mentioned that you've always loved dancing growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- when did that start? Like, how how did you get started with your love for dance? Did you have any influences and stuff? Well, I when I was little, my parents kind of enrolled me and my sister in like as many extracurriculars as possible to really try to like figure out like what we really liked and like what we didn't like and like kind of just to allow us to like form our own interests. So like I I play I like they enrolled me in piano lessons and like ice skating lessons. There was mm. like this like chess club thing that I joined one time, <laughs> which was a really weird experience. But whatever. Um, mm. But the only thing that really stuck all the way up until high school was my dance lessons. And I didn't, I had no idea that like the hip hop urban dance scene even existed all the way up until high school. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like the only kind of dance exposure that I had was um, like studio dance, um, which is very, very different than like when I entered the urban dance scene in college and like even at like the end of high school, um, I got into K-pop. So that really kind of opened up new genres for me. Just because in K- I feel like K-pop is a really good way for people who are trying to get into dance <laughs> to kind of just like expose themselves to like a bunch of different styles. You know what I mean? Because K-pop choreographers like often take like take moves and styles from like house and like just like the genres that create the urban dance scene into their choreography. Yeah. So yeah. that was a really good way to like for me to kind of dabble. <laughs> No pun intended. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, in like the different uh, sides of dance, yeah. Well, while, like, while, for... while I don't know much about K-pop, did you have any like notable like I guess like K-pop groups or like um, you know K-pop like stars I guess like who influenced you like with with those yes. types of dances? Oh my God, yes. My first, the first K-pop group that I ever really got into was shiny mm-hmm. shout out to my friend Catherine. she's like she's my <laughs> childhood friend um i've known her since like elementary school but in high school she actually was the one who got into k-pop first and then she was like oh my god ally like you have to listen to this group and like watch their music videos like they're so cool and i of course was like completely obsessed with them i was <laughs> it was it was so bad <laughs> um are, but are they, they a girl group or, or a guy group guy group okay yeah so i was like of course completely obsessed with them and i was like oh my god like i have to learn all of their dances because like <laughs> they're so good and they're so cool so and like shiny like for people who like know K- k-pop who are listening like they're like known for their choreography like their choreography is like really good like really complicated and tr- me trying to learn those dances like with no experience at all like <laughs> just off of like dance practice videos that they posted was just a really weird experience. <laughs> um, Did but you get yeah, to perform like any of the any of these dances or this is something that you just enjoyed and you just like practice like at home, like all the steps? I like, just you get practiced to perform? them at home and with my friend Catherine, like <laughs> in Child high school. Catherine. <laughs> yeah, literally, like she was the one. Um, but me and Catherine were like the only ones in our high school who were like really into dance. Like mm. I, d- I could not tell you a name of anyone in my high school who I knew was into dance. Like it mm. was definitely not a thing in my community growing up. So like me and Catherine would like learn these dances and we were like, oh man, like I wish that like our high school had like a dance team or like some kind of like recital where we could like perform this. But there was never really any. Um, so when we got to college, we actually joined um, Casby dance team, CDT, mm. together. And we were like, oh, my God, this is our like dream come true. Like, we're actually going to be able to get we're actually going to be able to perform dances together, like on a stage. It was a, it was it was amazing. It was great. Was it was that your first was that your first exposure to performing? Was CDT your your first like exposure to that? Yeah, <laughs> definitely yeah. in the dance, like the urban scene, um, CDT was like the, my like gateway into that because I ori- originally auditioned for Modern my freshman year um, and I didn't get in. So I was mm. like, okay, like, um, so 
I like researched and like I looked into like the other dance teams on Stony Brook campus, which I think is something that's really slept on. The Stony Brook <laughs> dance community is huge. It's absolutely, yeah, it's a lot. absolutely huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and it that's something like that's really special about Stony Brook too. Like I never realized this until like I actually got into it, but the Stony Brook dance community is so big <laughs> and so diverse also. Um, so I joined CDT and they really helped me along my dance journey. So yeah. And then I so got into CDT modern. is uh CDC is is under the CASB organization, which is the uh, Chinese. Uh, I yeah. forgot what it stands for, but what does CASB stand for again? I, I don't remember. I believe it's the Chinese Association at Stony Brook. I might be wrong about that. Though. Right. Right. So that's so CDT is the dance team underneath you know, Casby. Yeah. Um, let's talk about that. How, how was, how was the process for that? Like, what, um, did you really want to be part of a team or like you just wanted to be involved with like this really big Stony Brook dance community that you've been talking about? I actually like, so like I joined Puso my freshman year and, but I didn't really know about the Stony Brook dance community until my friend Catherine, um, (laughs) actually was like, yeah, she was like, she was like, yo, Allie, like, I'm going to audition for this Casby dance team. Like, you should totally come through. And at first, mm. I was kind of, like, skeptical because I was like, um, I don't know. Like, maybe I should just focus on school and blah, 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 blah. Mm. Um, but I ended up going to, like, the learning day anyway, and I had a ton of fun. Um, so I was like, okay, you know, like, whatever. I'll just, like, audition and see if I get in. So I auditioned and then they emailed me. I specifically remember this because they emailed me and I was like, oh my God, I was so nervous. Um, So I opened up the email and they were like, oh my God, like you have a spot on the team. And I flipped out. I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, this is going to be such a new experience. Like I've never done this before, blah, blah, blah. And Mm. Catherine ended up getting on too. So I was like, oh my God, this is great. (laughs) Both (laughs) Um, of you were like a part of it too. Yeah, so. so... she actually can. She actually continued with CDT for longer than I did, um, because I had to leave CDT once I became cultural head because it was just going to be too much for me trying to balance like academics and CDT and eboard for Puso. Um, but yeah, it was great. I love CDT and I respect them so much for their growth over the years. Like they've grown yeah. so much. They're really good. Yeah, they're they're, they're really that team is really good. So you spent a year there, basically like your freshman year, and then when you when you were a sophomore, you weren't part of CDT anymore, right? Yeah, not even like my freshman year. I actually joined in the springtime, so I only spent mm. one semester with CDT. Um, but I learned so much about like the urban dance scene. Like they were really like my introduction into like the whole like dance scene outside of Stony Brook. Also, so yeah. What what were what were your favorite parts of of being part of CDT? Was it like learning how to like bond with other people, or is it like competing with at like local I guess like local competitions? Or I'm not sure if CDT competes in other uh, competitions. But you know, what was your favorite? What were your favorite parts about being part of CDT? Yeah, CDT um, at the time that I joined didn't compete in like outside competitions. Um, they only competed in events like on Stony Brook campus and I actually really loved being a part of like a team because although I was part of like Puso Cultural um, I didn't join Puso Ballroom until my sophomore year uh, when I uh, was asked to help Francis yeah yeah. Um, so it was really cool to like kind of expose myself to different like team dynamics and like how a quote like a competing team would run And I think Mm. it also like really prepped me to kind of grow like this mentality because so like, I don't know if you know, but um, in a lot of competing teams, they go through casting. So they teach you a choreo and then you kind of audition and that's how they place you on the stage. Um, And I think dealing with like, of course, like my first dance experience with CDT, like for that urban style, so, of course, like, I didn't get casted, like, in the front, like, my first time. And I think yeah. that kind of, like, helped me to, like, g- cultivate. <laughs> cultivate would be yeah. the right word. Um, 
like my interest and like my drive to like grow in my dance ability. Yeah, like to improve like yeah. you know your skills and stuff like that, right? Yeah. And so after you you finished your your tenure at uh, CDT, did you go straight in? Did you go straight into modern? Were you, like I know you were a trainee first, but did you go straight into that, or did you like take a break from like like the urban dance like community? No, I ended up taking a break because um, I did CDT spring of my freshman year, and then all throughout sophomore year I did cultural and ballroom yeah yeah um so that was like a completely like 180 turnaround for me with like the mm. dance style um and mm. then fall of my junior year fall 2018 that's when i became a trainee on modern and then i picked up um the urban dance style again what when you're a trainee do you also get get to compete with the team like like do you get to like you know, i guess i compete with them during competitions or you're like Or are you like also part of like the team during practices and stuff? Yeah, so it's you are basically like as a trainee, like you're able to participate with the team like normally, but the admin board also focuses on your like training and your building of like fundamentals, um, so mm. that you can improve your dance ability. So like sometimes they'll give you like extra assignments, um, like dance assignments to like work on certain types of movements or like. Just to so like one of the things that I always struggled with was performance with like my face. <laughs> I have like a really yeah. bad like like stone face when I perform because like I concentrate. And that's a really big much. thing. Yeah, that's a really like, big thing, right? I concentrate way too much on like the actual moves. So like mm. one of the things that they assigned me when I was a trainee was to perform a piece with like my other trainees, fellow trainees. Oh. Mm -hmm. um, and to work on that performance, which really, really helped because I had that time to kind of just like zero in on what I needed to improve on. So it was a good time. It was it really helped. And, and when was this? Was this uh, fall 18? So yeah. What about the uh, the next semester? Were you still a trainee for for modern the next semester, like no. spring 19? Oh, uh, I didn't join modern for spring 19. I joined modern again. I took a break. In spring 19 because I was actually directing Barrio, mm. so I could not do both of them. <laughs> It yeah, was let's, just let's, too much. Let's do a, a, a quick, a quick, uh, a quick, I guess, like segue, and then we'll we'll come back into we'll come back to to modern in a little bit. Let's mm. talk about Barrio. So Barrio is is like I, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a performance where you guess I guess you pick like a certain Filipino. I guess issue or topic, and then as as like an organization, you compete with other like Filipino organizations in like you know our our community. Like we're we're pretty much like in the tri-state area, I guess, yeah, our, our, yeah. which is our community. Um, you you said you were directing. Um, that involves a lot of things, right? Like oh, not yeah. only dancing, but writing and like like staging and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, did did that help you a lot? Like, did, like how do you incorporate that into like your dancing, like? How was that like integration or what? Like it in was general, very different. It was like very different than anything that I had otherwise experienced. Um, shout out to my co-directors Kina, Dion, and Neil um, for dealing with me. But <laughs> <laughs> um, we wrote the script together. So just like a background on Barrio for people like who don't know about it, um, there's this organization called Find. And it's the Filipino Intercollegiate Networking Dialogue. And different Filipino organizations are like split up into different districts. Um, so we're part of D3, which is like one of the biggest districts. Um, and that's who we compete in Barrio against. And it's a 10-minute skit or play or, you know, um, mm -hmm. that kind of touches upon an aspect of Filipino culture. Um, and yeah. That's you guys did the um black panther but like yeah. a twist on black panther like black pantalon or something was the yeah it was supposed to be kind of a comedic take because um there was a trend in like the puso uh barrio skits that was very like dark and serious so like mm -hmm. we when we were writing it we were like okay like we should try to make this one a little bit more like light-hearted and fun and like something that everyone kind of has an interest in. So like Marvel is like 
of course, a huge industry now. Mm -hmm. um, so mm -hmm. Black Panther came out not long before we did Barrio. So we were like, oh my God, like the storyline, like the framework of the storyline for Black Panther was like something that we used. But instead of using aspects of African culture and like, you know, all of those things, we changed it so that it was focused on Filipino culture instead. So that way it would make it applicable for the Barrio uh, event and also for like the audience to make it more relatable. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it ended up being a really fun experience trying to like um, integrate all of that. Were the dances inspired by the Black Panther dances or did you incorporate some Filipino, I guess like cultural aspects into the dances when you, when you guys choreographed that? Yeah, um, everything that we did for the uh, dances were all inspired by Filipino aspects. So like we mm. did, we did tribal tattoos for like costumes. We did um, very obscure cultural dances and even our uh, modern portion of our barrio um, even had cultural aspects, like cultural moves that were incorporated into it I see. so it was very centered around filipino culture yeah it's a whole other aspect of dances again it's like more like expression and stuff like that in terms of yeah. barrio right yeah it was it was a really cool time to just like look at the parallels between all, like all of the different branches that filipino culture could be incorporated into yeah in yeah a creative way and like even mm -hmm. with like performances from other schools in our district, like it was so cool to just see so many different ideas about how Filipino culture could be incorporated into these stories that people were making. Yeah, that's a great like aspect. I'm glad you brought that up, and that's 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 really like important to know. Like people need to hear that because like you can be really creative like that whole Filipino aspect, right? Yeah, yeah. Um. So that was that was um spring 19 and then finally fall 19 you were a part of uh official member of pusa modern yeah um i i would i would assume that would be more rigorous because you're actually like you're like a main um you know a main i guess like part of the team at that point like was, was yeah. it any different was it any different from when you were a trainee compared to like being like a full-fledged uh member of the team um for me personally the only thing that it really, that really changed for me was kind of my drive because at the point where I was a trainee, I was more focused on like, like, I guess you could say I was a little more lax, like with mm. my training because I was like, oh, like I'll be improving through like the assignments that they give me and stuff like that. But when you're a full trained, like member, like when, not a full trained, but like a full fledged member, um, you kind of have to take it more upon yourself to train outside of practice and I think that was the main thing that really changed for me was like I would even practice like my like leg and foot movements like while I was <laughs> cooking and stuff like that and it was just like trying to incorporate dance more into my life outside of practice was something that I really had to get used to. Mm. And how are the competitions like? How was that feeling of of winning uh, Prelude, which is you know you guys won first place, you guys you know won that that uh, specific competition. How was that experience like, like winning that? Oh my god, it was such an adrenaline rush. I cried so much <laughs> <laughs> because the it was team... really good. I watched it on uh, on it was yeah. on YouTube. So if anyone wants to check that out, it's is it like twenty nineteen right? Like Prelude, like what's the official like title? So people can check it out if if they. Uh, if they're interested in, in checking it out? Uh, you can just look up Prelude EC, Puso Modern. Um, mm. We've won Prelude twice now with this win, um, the, with the Real Love set being the first win, and then this mm -hmm. set also the, being the second one. Um, but yeah, it was such a surreal moment because I was actually sitting next to one of our directors, Miguel, when we mm. won. And like I was sitting with like the rest of our team also, and like to hear them announce like first place, Puso Modern, it was <laughs> crazy, absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, I was just like in that moment, I was just so grateful to like be a part of that experience because like that's something that doesn't happen all the time. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you can't just expect to like go to a competition and win all the time. And like 
just like trying to like like knowing all of the work that we put in throughout the season and like how hard like the choreographers and admin board really put into the set and to see it all pay off so that and like the judges recognize that was just so amazing <laughs> yeah it speaks to you it, it speaks to your hard work and all the like long hours that you guys have practiced and and all the challenges that you guys have faced it speaks like how much work you guys put in just to, like get to that position you know what i mean yeah yeah for sure and um so you're since you're graduating now this semester um do you see yourself like where do you see yourself taking your 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 love for dance like do you still want to be a part of the urban dance community or do you want to like branch out into other forms of dancing or even like maybe possibly seeing it as a career like like incorporating that as a career like where do you see yourself taking this like passion for dancing yeah i mean i think like in terms of like trying to take it as a career i'm like one of those people that like once you once i try to turn like a hobby into into a career it gets like too much for me and i like can't mm. so mm-hmm. i think like definitely one of the things like i'm going to focus on like my major like health informatics and like i think that's what i'm going to try to focus on more as a career um but i definitely want to branch out into different styles again like i want to pick up the styles that i dropped when i went into college like ballet and contemporary and even like tap dancing i did tap for like 13 years <laughs> growing up and then what and then i dropped it when i uh, went to college so mm. i definitely want to pick up like those kinds of styles again so i think like after i graduate i'm going to just tef- definitely take some time to train and kind of just become more spread out in terms of like all the styles that I'll be that I'll be like versed in um mm-hmm. and then maybe like in the future join a team which which team which team like uh are you thinking about is it like um in the in our area as well like in the New York area I honestly have no clue <laughs> any like, any team pretty much yeah <laughs> i mean like there are so many different teams in the city and like in New Jersey like the New York New Jersey dance community is like they have they're so diverse so like well versed um mm-hmm. so i think like any being on on any one of those teams would definitely be like a privilege and and to the people listening to this this episode in particular who who want to get into dance or are already into dancing and want to improve themselves do you, what what do you have to say like to like in terms of, like advice or just in general like things to say about these types of people yeah i think that the dance community especially like um when you go to like beginners workshops in the city they're so open and they're so encouraging um like i would tell like people who are just trying to get into dance like don't be afraid um i know that it's intimidating to just kind of go out there and like take a class especially if you have if you like don't have any friends who are like into the dance scene and you have to go alone but like the dance community is so open and is so encouraging and like they love to like encourage new people to like come and like participate in like their art form. So like the city offers like New York City is like such a great resource for like beginners dance workshops in like all styles. So like definitely do research on like the different kinds of styles that you would want to get into and like the classes in the city are so informative and they're so open. I would definitely encourage people to take them. Well said, Ali. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Thanks for uh, having me. I wish me. you. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 a pleasure. Um, I actually, like I said, like we we played like Jackbox like a few days ago, and I yeah. was able to talk to you a little bit. I mentioned that um I I didn't give um the podcast much thought like these these past few weeks. It's really hard to like find inspiration, um yeah, especially when you're like at home pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so so I haven't given it much thought. And then when you, when you told me that you wanted to be a part of the podcast, I was like, oh, like you know, like that's really cool because. Someone wants to be a part of of yeah. the uh, the podcast, so you know that got me thinking again. And now, like, I feel like I want to produce more episodes now. So I have you to thank for. I'm back back on track with another episode. Then you know that gives me inspiration to to produce some more episodes. You know, in, well, in the next few. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and the and first time on this this uh, platform, which is really cool because you get to see the other pe- other person talking. Yeah, so, word. This is like the yeah. first time I've ever done like any kind of podcast type thing so this is like really cool yeah 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 i hope you enjoyed it is i i enjoyed the conversation a lot like i 
and I not only learned about like your dance um, experience, but also like you as a person even more from like this conversation. So thank you yeah, for really. thank you for that. Um, I wish you good luck with uh, with graduating. I know it's a tough time, especially with uh, the pandemic. So you know, I wish you good luck with that. I wish you good luck with with your career after that. And you know, I I'm excited to see where it takes you uh, after college. So thank, thank you, you so much, Ali. And to the listeners, thank you so much for listening. And hopefully we get to produce some more episodes in the future. Thank you so much.